Hello, coders. Welcome to episode 185 of the How to Code Well podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about the tech recession. We're going to have a little conversation about getting outside of the cloud. And also, I have some things to talk about regarding React as well. Now, we usually go into a bit of a changelog before we get into the t topics and the stories. And I'm going to try and keep this nice and sweet this time because I'm, as you can probably tell, I have a cold and I'm trying to um, preserve my, my vocal cords. So very quickly, I did the PHP London user group last, uh, last week, and that was fantastic. I, I gave that talk, the uh, code with confidence using PHP CS. And I, I really enjoyed the conversations I had with the people at that at that uh, user group. However, the the talk itself I found very nerve wracking, and I, I'm not entirely sure why. But it's something that I've come away from kind of feeling a little bit, I don't know, downtrodden. I, I so it's something that I need to improve on certainly. And public speaking is something that I wouldn't mind getting more into. And so it's just something that I have to deal with and get better at. And I think it's a case of just having more and more practice. It's something about being in front of a, a, a bunch of people, especially those who are highly respected and well-trained in the field and, and talking to them about a topic that, that you know full well that they are aware of. It, it's very, it's, terrifying I find it's a bit crippling I was told that you're the only expert in the room at that time and I, I don't know if that's I, I don't see it like that you know they're there to see you I, I I don't know but the conversations I had after the talk were fantastic and wonderful I, I even spoke to maintainers of uh, the P of PHP and the 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 core of a couple of core developers. I, I thought that was amazing. You know, a great opportunity. And it's part of why I want to continue doing the public speaking is having access to that kind of, um, those kind of minds. Right. But like I said, the nerves are something that I have to deal with. And what I'm going to try and do next year is I'm going to try and do as many user groups as possible and i'm even considering perhaps once a month i've got to try and i've got to try and uh sort out how i'm going to fit that around things such as holidays and and other commitments but if i could do 12 talks next year then that would be amazing because i've done a, a couple of talks this year some mostly have been sadly through zoom i've done a few in person but i haven't done anywhere near 12 like i've done a, a small handful so yeah if that's if that is if if we ever did a topic on my goals for for next year that's going to be high up on it and that is to, to do up you know 12 it would be amazing but let's let's keep it realistic let's say eight if i could do eight talks next year that would be fantastic so after that i spoke to uh, a load of people a load of people and one person in particular asked me if there was a vod on that talk that i gave and unfortunately there 
isn't. However, I'm going to do one myself because I think that's just practice. So I'm going to do a VOD. It's probably going to be on Twitch and what I'll do, or it might even be on a live on YouTube. But what I'll do is I will then send that to James. James is, was the person who asked me if there was a VOD for this. And um, yeah, so that's coming. I did say I would do it last weekend, but I was just so... I was up and I was in bed. I've been off work for a, a couple of days. I'm just not feeling great. So anyway, let's move on to the tech recession, right? Whoa. Let's get into some heavy stuff. So the tech recession is... I, I personally think that we are there. I think we are in this uh, tech... I think the bubble has burst. I think that... Um, the growth of these companies that we've seen happen, I, I believe it's it's slowing down to a significant level where we can actually say that it is going in. If it's not a recession now, it's certainly in, in its um, moving into one. Let's talk about let's talk about how it happened. Let's talk about the good times first, because we did see a humongous amount of growth in the last 10 years in this industry. And we've seen a massive boom in, in industries because of because of tech. So we've seen a huge rise in, say, e-com, uh, the opportunity of buying things online. We've seen models, we've, we've seen physical goods turn into digital goods and we've we've seen digital goods turn into subscriptions and i think that's been a wonderful thing for ecom and we've seen a huge massive massive <laughs> injection of cash by venture capitalists by the government by all sorts of you know things happening influences happening and this has sparked a massive amount of growth. Growth meaning people actually being hired by the big big tech, essentially, by an astounding amount. By, in in my opinion, uh, an amount that is just not sensible amount of hiring. So, for example, uh, I have a figure here. Where is it? Facebook hired over 15,000 new members of staff from January to September this year. That is mad. So that's not even a single year. They have laid off uh, about 11,000, I believe, from the last count I've got. 11,000. So they have laid off uh, less than they've hired. So you could still argue that there's growth, but just not not um not a great deal compared to how much they're they're letting people go right and we've we've seen interesting things happen with the industries during covid so we had the the panic right i remember being uh, let go myself and then we had uh massive hiring with in in tech because everyone started realizing that they actually wanted to buy things and have services and watch netflix and then they realized that you can actually work 
from home and that required other industries to pop up right so you had zoom and you had more collaboration tools and and the startups making those so out of out of some real hardcore times we've actually had some really growth uh, injection going on however after that we had a bit of a shrink because you're now you've now got uh, big tech demanding people come back to the office and that's not always the best way or not always the the most ideal thing for everybody and you've got people realizing that um, this growth this growth spurt that all of these tech companies were having was just not um, sustainable and so and especially not sustainable after covid in fact going through a lot of the emails there's a lot of apologies where the companies are saying that they've they've they grew too quick they grew too quick during this amount of time and they they forecast that they're going to continue growing and they didn't and so they had to let a lot of people go and so this coupled with the general uh, financial climate and I, i'm not going into any kind of financial uh, advice or anything here but the financial climate at the minute is pretty bad uh, regardless of where you are in the world i think with that there is less people now purchasing stuff online because they they're trying to keep keep their money just in case things get even worse right as well as covid we also had things like gdpr and this is something which was kind of enforced on big tech and well just check tech in general and it doesn't really provide the tech industry anything uh, new so there's no sort of benefit to having these gdpr requirements from a tech from the business's point of view apart from they're needing to have all of these trained members of staff in gdpr having all of these insurances having all all of the tech aligned by the regulations that are required upon them having all those things in place prevents massive law suits and and massive fines right that's the only benefit from a business point of view so they've had to invest a lot of people effort time money energy into making themselves compliant we they also had other influences such as social media competitors right so if you're a social media company then you have massive competitors that are chomping away at your market so for example tiktok or snapchat or instagram and you had the shorts going th- on you know so so you had all sorts of different influences and then you had apple trying to track and uh, or prevent tracking from happening right and a lot of these influences were in their 
individuality, they were quite small, right? But when you group them all together and you put them on top of a financial climate that isn't brilliant, and you also couple them together with a decline in growth in terms of hiring people, then it's getting quite painful. And I think that is kind of the mixture that has turned this into what it is, unfortunately. So should you be worried? Should you be worried about your career in this recession that we are going through? Now, I I will say this, that I've been through many of these before and I've many risky times in the tech industry. I will say that that you shouldn't be worried in in the long run. You shouldn't be worried in the long run because the web has it's it's infiltrated all sorts of industries and all sorts of disciplines, right? So finding a job in this web development industry is relatively straightforward in the sense that everyone has a website. Everyone has some system that interacts with something and that needs to be updated, monitored, maintained, improved. And so it's going to be far easier to get a job in this industry than other industries that are unfortunately suffering in the recession. So I wouldn't be panicking. I wouldn't be panicking. However, I would be proactive in making sure things say on my CV were as up to date as possible. So use this as an opportunity to level up your skills. If this, if you were ever considering maybe doing a certification on something and you were unsure whether to do that, now is the time to do it, right? Because you want to make sure that you are as employable as possible. And even if you consider, you know, these certifications aren't, are, are a waste of time, they may be a waste of time for you uh, right now. But think about you in, say, two years' time, when we're really in in the, the heat of this. You, you might be wishing that you did that in two years' time. Now, this is going to hurt the junior devs, I believe, far more than the seniors. Those who have more experience are going to feel this less because they're going to be more easily easier employed. They'll be able to move into other roles easier because they have more experience. So it's going to be those who have less experience are going to be feeling the, the pinch here. And getting into the industry is going to be more difficult. Keeping in the industry is going to be easier. So there are things that you could do right now, which I, I suggest anybody does at any time. But just to keep it going right now, if you are getting into the industry, you know, CV, making sure that you know all the things that you say on, you know on the CV, really tailor that CV to, to be specific to the job 
that you're applying for, really, really focus that down. Don't be afraid and scared away from this industry just because it's starting to shrink. It's it's not actually it's not actually shrinking massively, right? It's the numbers are wild because the hiring has been wild. Try and see the positive in the in the sense that there are other industries and emerging markets that are seeing growth already. And if you can get into those, then you can ride that wave. So for example, artificial intelligence, machine learning, and Web3, right? They are the, the hot three. And so if you are perhaps getting into this industry, then maybe look at those three because those three will be an maybe an easier way in if you can be, do something to do with artificial intelligence, machine learning, or even Web3. They are the big... I wouldn't say the big three. Web3, I, I mean... It's a bit of a controversial one, but there's a, a lot of adverts out there that have Web3 on there, whether that's just that there because they think it's the trendy thing or, or, or whether they actually generally care about Web3, I don't know. But that it's something to think about. And there are lots of good Web3 frameworks out there that you can play with and, and use, especially in the in the node space. But after artificial intelligence, you'll, you're going to see a lot of uh, normal companies. I say normal companies, but, you know, a lot of, say, e-com companies using artificial intelligence in the coming few years, I believe, especially with and machine learning as well, too, to recommend products to people based on their buying habits, based on their account activity, based on their social media interactions and stuff like engagement and their opinions online. I think there's going to be a lot, a, a shift in the artificial intelligence and machine learning space. And also with customer services, there's going to be a lot of artificial intelligence added to that too, where you are actually talking to a bot rather than talking to a human being through, say, a chat. And the artificial intelligence can work out how to respond to customers and how to look for solutions and how to read a user's account and work out what the problem is and how to resolve that. I think there's a lot of interesting work going on in, in those spaces. And I think we certainly haven't even began to see the, the uh, tip of the iceberg here yet. We haven't even got that far so those those three artificial intelligence machine learning and uh, web3 uh, would be would be my way in if i was to do this right now so let's just move away from the old tech recession for for a minute and actually start talk about talking about react so there's an article here i've got a link in the show notes below it's about react and whether it's going anywhere it's by ruben Caracas, and I hope that's the right pronunciation of the name there, Ruben. I apologize if not. And Ruben talks about whether React is going anywhere anytime soon. He even talks about React in 10 years' time. I just want to read out this part, this paragraph here, which I found fascinating. It's about why people change frameworks and what they blame uh, the 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 issue on. So 
Ruben says it's easier for engineers to suggest and convince leaders in organizations that if we change the technology, we will somehow magically solve all the other problems. So when a new technology or framework promises to fix issues that we might have, and then in brackets, but are not the main issue, close brackets, we start focusing focusing on them and start suffering from tunnel vision. For example, in terms of performance, which one is the main, re- which is one of the main reasons people start looking at alternatives to React. In most cases, the framework is only responsible for a small fraction of bad user experience. Most of the time they are caused by bad practices, practices, in- incorrect abstractions and bad ideas terribly implemented, which I think is so true. I something that I've been thinking about for a while, but I haven't been able to sculpt it in my mind quite as clearly as this. So essentially what Ruben is suggesting here is that people will find excuses to just completely pull the rug underneath the the framework and just change it up, just just rip it out and change it to something else. And they'll pinpoint one particular floor and they'll focus on that, say performance in this case, or there could be other, there could be other issues, but I suppose performance is probably one of the main ones as Ruben has suggested here. And a lot of the times it it is down to the fact that the code is, is written so badly. There's been so many bad practices being introduced in, in the code and I know that React has had all sorts of different patterns in the past, uh, in in its in its lifetime. Some for the best, some for the worst. And if people are still using a, a mixture of the bad practices that they that they uh, have put out, then you know you're going to have messy spaghetti code. And it's weird. React has been around for such a long time that you can look at old React projects in the same sort of sense as a legacy project, right? Some of these projects are so old. I think React's been around for nearly, what, 10 years? Be 10 years in next next year, I believe. I think someone will, someone will correct me in the show notes, I'm sure. But that is, if that's true, 10 years, that's madness. Wow, I feel old. <laughs> So I'll be interested to know if anybody in the audience is considering moving away from React and and what their reasons are and whether it is because of the framework or it's what they've done to it that they want to move away from. I appreciate the whole clean slate approach because once you're moving away from that framework and you've you've chosen another framework, you're going to kind of have to rebuild your application from scratch, right? which gives you that opportunity to have a complete blank slate, which in some cases is fantastic. It's going to take a, if you've got a a team of people to help you with that, that's brilliant. But, you know, I can imagine it being a huge pain going forward. But I believe personally that React is going to be around for ages. Personally, I think we, we, we can see React for maybe another 10 years. 
And I think that in 10 years time, it'll have more of a reputation for being a, a, a brilliant framework. I think there's still those people out there that still are debating whether or not React is a good... Well, it's not a framework, it's a library. So I should use, I should use my words better. So I think there's a lot of people out there who, who, who still think that React isn't a good library. But I think that it will win those people over in 10 years time and it will still be around. And there we go. The last topic I want to talk about today is by DHH, which is uh, David Heinmeier Hansen. I hope that's the right pronunciation. It's the, the dude who invented Rails. Now, David has pushed out an article uh, on uh, well.hey.com about why they want to come away from the cloud. And I read this and I think, is this an incoming trend that we are about to see? A shift from working on the cloud space. Because I've worked where, I've worked with companies where they had bare metal that we would be deploying to. In fact, I've worked with agencies where they had racks of servers that they would, they would, um, deploy to and host, right? They So they would have their own internal hosting. And I think personally, we are going to see a little bit of a shift. Now, whether it's actually going to be a, an actual trend, right? I don't know. But I think we will start seeing more people choose to manage their own services rather than have these services managed by other people. I think we will also see a bit of a shift where uh, smaller hosting providers and shared hosting providers will see more of a, an increase and the VPS space will probably may start to dwindle a little bit. I, I can't give you any kind of figures or anything, but I am starting to see an interesting shift a paradigm in people's minds, I think, where they say, let's just put it up into the cloud, but the cloud hasn't really solved the problem that they were trying, that they were sold. And it's costing them a, a huge amount of money. And I believe that a lot of people have put things into the cloud that they probably shouldn't have. And they're not actually benefiting from the pros that the cloud offers, such as scalability. You know, if you don't need to scale, right, then then there's no point in having that ability to scale. So if you're being charged because you have the ability to scale and you don't need to scale, then you're being charged for something that you're not being you're you're not using, in my opinion. And I know that there is the argument that people have about, you know, it's it's someone else's responsibility. You would have to have a lot of maintenance costs, as DHH mentions in his article. I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave a link in the show notes below to this article. Um, David Met says in the article that when launching Hey, they suddenly received three hundred thousand users uh, in in the, the first 
I believe, six months, but they were they forecast 30,000. So, I mean, you can imagine having the ability to scale would be a benefit then, right? But the thing is that if that never happens ever, ever again, then there really isn't any point in having that ability to scale. And if that's not, if having a huge amount of signups isn't something that you're terribly interested in anyway, then there's probably no need for you to have that ability to scale. There's also the other benefits as well that the cloud offers, such as uh, backups and having things off site. So things are a little bit more secure, perhaps. But I believe that they are all kind of misleaders, to be honest, because you still need to secure your bits and pieces. And in fact, getting stuff to off of your local machines onto the cloud is actually a bit of a challenge, uh, especially if you start looking at all the containerization stuff. So, for example, Kubernetes, Docker, all of that stuff. We all had to learn all of that stuff. And the cloud was a big influence in, in learning all of that stuff. But imagine if you didn't have to, right? Imagine if, if all you needed to do was just a normal SSH command, getting your stuff from one box to another, and the other box that you were shifting it to was just, you know, in the other room then it would be far easier than having all of these secure cloud providers that do all sorts of weird things and the serverless movement and all of this, all of the trends just wouldn't be the thing, right? So I do see an argument for moving away from the cloud and having... And your own internal staff deal with uh, the security concerns, the maintenance, that kind of stuff, and having it in-house. And I do think that that is actually a cheaper option. And I think that this goes hand in hand with the, the tech recession stuff we were talking about earlier. People are looking for ways to reduce cost. And if they, are, if they review their AWS bills and they go, well, we are being charged for services that we don't necessarily need or we could rebuild better and cheaper internally, then why don't we just do that? And so we might be seeing a, a, migra a migration because of this, this recession that we are falling into, it would seem. We might be seeing other trends into other ways of saving money and one of those ways could be getting off of the cloud now hey look if you've got any comments questions or feedback on any of the topics that i mentioned today then please let me know go to howtocodewell.net forward slash contact fill out that contact form and uh, i read all the things so do let me know your thoughts thank you ever so much for watching if you're watching it on the youtubes or listening on the podcasts Happy coding, everyone, and hopefully next time I'll sound a little bit more like myself. Take care. Cheers. Bye-bye.